Good morning, church. Please rise for our first song. Sinking. 
morning, church. Text this morning is from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 12, and then 17 through 20. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though Isaac had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. If you please remain standing while we share together the, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let's go to God in prayer. So if you would please bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for that, that piece of scripture that Randy read, giving us hope. And Lord, we ask this morning that you give us a faith like Abraham, who as he was tested in trials, he, uh, he overcame because he knew that he has faith in you. And Lord, we all need that from you also. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless our time together, our worship, our music, and uh, our fellowship. And Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said.
and girls come on up front for the kids message and if you got a ticket on your way in bring it with you
If you didn't get one, I've got some extras. All right, but come on up. Find a seat up here on the floor. You got yours? All right. Does anybody need a ticket? Everybody's, you've got one? All right. Good deal. Well, who is excited about their ticket? You're excited. We got two, maybe three, four people. Yeah. Why are you excited about your ticket? You don't know? <laughs> why, why are you not excited about a ticket? You don't know either? It's just a piece of paper, right? Just a piece of paper. That's not, what, what if I told you, I'm not telling you this, but what if I told you that this was a ticket to get you into a magical place full of wonder and excitement and the sights and sounds and food and fun are amazing? Then would you be excited? Yeah. So what if I told you, and I'm not telling you this, but what if I told you that this was a ticket to Disney's Magic Kingdom? Now you sound a little more excited. No. Yes. Don't you don't want to go there? Yeah. Well, that would be pretty exciting. But you know what? It's still just the same piece of paper. So why would you get excited about that? <laughs> you wanted to be a ticket to a movie theater? Okay. We'll pretend it's that then. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? Even though it's just a piece of paper, it's like a promise, isn't it? It's a promise of something that's to come in the future. A promise of a place you get to go to and be at and enjoy and be a part of, right? That's what makes it exciting. Well, what if I told you that you already have a ticket and it's not a paper ticket and it's a ticket to an even better kingdom where the sights and the sounds and the food and the fun and excitement is even better than you can imagine, better than Disney's kingdom, and it's the kingdom of God. Yes, the kingdom of God, and it's better than Disney or the movies. Yeah, and, but where's the ticket? If it's not a paper ticket, put your, hand, put your hand over your heart. Do you know and love Jesus? Yeah, then that ticket's inside of you because Jesus has given it to you through faith in him. And you know what? You don't have to worry about losing the ticket, dropping the ticket, put it in your pocket, running through the wash machine, right? Because no one can take it from you. This ticket into the kingdom of God. And because we have faith in Jesus, we have this promise that we will be in the kingdom of God forever. So we don't just to go, get to go for a week or for a two-hour movie or for two weeks. We get to go forever. And we get to be with all of our friends and our family who know and love Jesus too. How amazing is that? Yeah. But wait a minute. What if we have any friends or family who don't love Jesus? They don't have that ticket in their heart, do they? But you know what? We can share it with them. So we can share the love that we have for Jesus and this good news about his kingdom. That's better than anything we can imagine. We get to share that with them. And we can show them how good the kingdom of God is by how we love them, treat them, care for them. So that they can have the love of Jesus in their heart too. And they get to be in this amazing kingdom with us forever. So take this ticket home with you. And remember that you already have a ticket to the greatest kingdom that you could ever imagine in your heart through faith in Jesus. And 
on the back of it, write somebody's name who maybe doesn't know Jesus or doesn't love Jesus, a friend, a neighbor, family. Talk about that with your family. And then keep that on your table or put it on a refrigerator. And then when you get sit together for breakfast or for dinner, you can pray for that person and think, how can we show the amazing good news of Jesus and his kingdom to them so that they might know and love him too? All right? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. King Jesus, we thank you and love you for the kingdom you've given us, for the salvation you've given us, and the hope and love that we have. Help us to share it with others. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. Take your ticket home. Don't forget to pray for someone, all right? Good morning. Good morning to each and every one of you. Glad that we're together in worship, celebrating a God that loves us. want to welcome especially our guests. Glad you're with us. Uh, we invite you to come on back. Uh, if you would, either stop at Next Steps. Let yourself known. Uh, it's in the family gathering area. Or you could text 1C guest to 94,000. That'll get us connected. Uh, I just want you to know there are several announcements today. We try not to have too many announcements because we just really don't want to be talking about all these things. We just want to be doing ministry. Uh, but we do have several of them today that we want to give some extra attention to. So if you would, uh, I want to start out with a new sermon series that starts next week. And we have a little promo video that explains uh, the, the focus of this for all of us together. Welcome to Serving Challenge. We are about to embark on a 40-day journey unlike any you've ever been on. For the next 40 days, we're going to learn and practice the way of Jesus. We're going to discover how he served us and challenge each other to serve just like him. As we do this, we're going to make an incredible difference in this world. And I really believe that as we serve like Jesus, you're going to find more joy and fulfillment than you ever thought possible. So what are you waiting for? Are you ready? Are you ready to escape the ways of this world and to learn and practice the way of Jesus? It's going to require cost. It's going to require sacrifice. But friends, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. So let's do this. next Sunday and we are going to have a rhythm to it where on Sunday we will introduce the theme surrounded about serving like Jesus and then during the week we're going to have different opportunities for us to gather in either smaller groups or on a Wednesday maybe in a larger group just to maybe break that down more and have some discussion so we really want you to be thinking about coming every week because each of these parts are so important for our journey to serve like Jesus. 
And we chose to actually do this theme during Lent because there is no greater time in the history of the world where we see service in a profound way. Jesus served this world by coming to ultimately die and rise again for people like you and me. So be thinking about that. Be ready for that journey. And you can um, kind of take a look around and you'll see different small groups and um, opportunities to be a part of. Connected to that is what's going to happen Wednesday. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. It is the beginning of the Lenten journey where we, in a sense, become very serious. Serious about our sin, serious about our need for forgiveness, and we're going to gather together Wednesday at 6 o'clock for a soup supper and then 6.30 for worship where we will reflect upon our sin and then remember and contemplate the mercy of Jesus. And we will be doing what's called the imposition of ashes, if you know what that is, right? Putting the sign of the cross on our forehead as a reminder of all that Jesus did, and then we'll have communion as well. So that's going to be coming this Wednesday. So we'd love for you to come and be part of that journey. Um, serving, serving. Uh, I'm going to talk about two different opportunities that are coming up and actually, they've been coming and happening. Uh, the first one is Taste and See. It is a very local, very powerful and important mission here at 1C. So let's take a look as Michelle gives us the vision. Hi, I'm Michelle Purcell, and I wanted to give you an update on the Taste and See mission to take food and the love of Jesus to our neighbors. We are currently serving in two capacities. The first is on Wednesdays, we take a lunch meal to the people at Columbus Place Apartments. We have a lot of fun when we go there and we have really made a lot of great friends there. The second way that we serve is on Sundays, once a month following worship, we fill seven pickup trucks with groceries and take them around Columbus. The neighborhoods that we are serving include Evergreen, College View, Circle H, Silver Park, Carriage House Estates, Bay Meadows, Columbian Village. Um, we've had a lot of great experiences at these places and we feel God at work, God on the move, and we're just very blessed to be a part of this work. Approximately 130 households, nearly 500 people, are benefiting um, from our mission on a monthly basis. We have an amazing group of people working together to make this happen. We would love to have you join us and you can talk to me if you would like more information. We appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your financial support. And always remember Psalms 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Thanks, everybody. This is something that's happening literally in our backyard. It's right around us. So as the Lord leads and guides you, if you would like more information, contact Michelle Call the church office. We'd love to get you plugged in because serving really does bring joy for us, but it also gives joy to other people as we not just feed them with food, but give them the spiritual good news of God's love for them. Now, we continue. We as a church, for this is our third year that we've been doing uh, the Columbus Haiti Project, and I, we'd like to show you a, a video that kind of talks about what is the vision of this Haiti project. These lands are both hard and beautiful. 
They are filled with people who know a lot of suffering. In the midst of difficulty, there's opportunity. In the face of pain, we can show love. Mission of Hope started in 1998 in the village of Titayan, which translates to less than nothing. Since then, we have expanded in the Caribbean, continuing the vision to follow Jesus Christ and bring life transformation to every man, woman, and child. We seek to meet both the physical and the spiritual needs of the people and to empower and equip people to change their countries. Today, we serve in Haiti, the Dominican Republic, and across the Caribbean, working with local churches, partners, and schools. This past year, over 125,000 kids were fed daily through our nutrition program and team hope. Over 16,000 students were educated across our schools. Over 10,000 patients were treated through our medical clinic and mobile clinics. Over 7,000 women were served through our women's ministry. Over 1,500 pastors and teachers were equipped to lead and disciple their communities. Over 5,000 students found purpose through sports ministry. Over 2 million meals were packed through meal packing events across the United States. We responded to natural disasters and worked alongside the church to meet physical and spiritual needs. Churches from North America were mobilized to serve and make a difference. We are better together, better, greater, healthier, together, hand in hand, side by side. Mission of Hope is all of us, together, committed to life transformation to every man, woman, and child. Today, we have the opportunity to help build a better future for generations to come. Following Jesus, we will go where he leads. As a congregation, as a community, we um, already have started the process for this year. Uh, many businesses in our community have leaned in to contribute to this Col Columbus Community Haiti project. Uh, we continue the process. Like last night, we had a fellowship feast where we raised funds for the rice packing event that's going to take place. We would ask for you to, number one, pray about this mission. Just pray for those children, pray for uh, the people of Haiti and Dominican Republic as they have some challenges that we would never understand from being here in America. Pray that the gospel would get to them and that uh, they would get to know this Jesus. Now, if you'd like to be involved uh, beyond that example, you could sponsor a box, and I think we'll have a, a picture up there, you know, a box, uh, $80, and it will feed, feed children, and it will feed uh, people in Haiti. So if that's something you're stirred and would like to do, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Uh, we also have uh, a silent auction that's going to continue today till about till six o'clock, and that's the cutoff point. So if you'd like to be a part of that, you could see things out in the family gathering space. You could also, if we, uh, yeah, uh, QR code, you can always try to find those around there, and it'll get you onto that. I would love for you to be a part of that. And then also, last is on your way out, we have some food items from uh, last night 
that we still have available. So if you would like to purchase those, it'll go for a very, very good cause uh, for somebody else, but also for yourself. You could maybe go home with something, you know, good. So we'd love for you to do that. Uh, last, last thing again, just a reminder about that Ash Wednesday service. Please consider coming back on Wednesday. I know our week gets really busy, but I'm going to say us coming together is very important to remember what Jesus did for us. And then uh, the last announcement has to do with the offering. We'll be passing the joy baskets in a minute. A great opportunity for us to say, thank you, God, for all that you've done for me. And I want to show my thanksgiving to you. So that'll take place during the next song. A lot of announcements, a lot of mission and ministry that's going on here at 1C. God bless uh, us as we do that and as we worship him.
in a moment we'll be coming to, to, uh, to the Lord's table for communion. But just as a reminder, you know, as Christians, when we come up here to receive the true body and blood of Jesus, what is happening? We are coming as sinful people. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And in this body and blood of Jesus, this is what he won on the cross. And forgiveness of sin is ours. And it sets us free. It sets us free from sins of the past. It sets us free from the tyranny of the devil. And it gives us new life each and every day, now and in the future. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Depart in his peace. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Prayers for improved blood work. Lord, we lift up these prayers to you. Philippians 4, 6 reminds us to not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Thank you, Lord, for how tender your mercies are and your grace that sustains us. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Amen. From evil. Amen. Yeah. <coughs> okay, sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal marshmallow for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you two, another one, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay. All right.
I'm gonna go do something and then I'll come back. It smells yummy. It's up to you. You can have it now or you can wait. Okay? I'll be back. Stay in the chair, okay? Okay. So I'm gonna leave and then I'll come back, okay? So you can either eat it right now or you can wait. Either way, okay? Okay. How'd you do? Did you do good? You did? You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you I'd give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And if a camera was on you, I think it would be just as funny. Don't we really live in this tension between already and not yet? I mean, we do. Now, that was actually done 53 years ago at Stanford University, and this is just a remake of it, but it's hilarious. And it's this idea and tension between um, this immediate gratification, right? We, we want that when we want it. And ever since Adam and Eve, humanity has struggled with this, one after another. That's why as we stop today and we look at the theme of fact-check, your future, we all have some kind of future in front of us. We don't know what it is. We don't know how long it is. We don't know the specifics of it. But there are probably parts of our life that we're sitting here going, I, I know this, but I can't wait for that. But I'm going to tell you about your view on future. And this is a truism. How you view your future is dramatically affected by who you believe holds the future. If you think it's just luck, if you think it's your hard work, if you think it's fill in the blank, that's going to be different than if you realize that there is a God of the universe 
powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth, yet personal enough to know you individually and know what you need and how God can bless you in your life. If you believe that, it will dramatically affect your life. Um, let's put the, uh, the roadmap again. This is where we've been. And, and to me, it's, it's, it's just one continuous line. This Bible that we have come to know, it's been a gift given to us by God, is the truth, not a truth. Right? The world has lots of things it wants to tell you is truth. I want to tell you, just kind of put those over here. There is the truth, and it's from the scriptures. The inspired, inerrant word of God that has been given so we know who God is, how he loves us, and then the desires he has for his children. And so we need to get to know that truth more than ever before. Because when we know that truth, the Bible tells us it leads to faith. Faith. Not just in, or maybe not just fate. The big difference between fate, like it's just going to happen, whatever. But faith. Faith in a God who knows, uh, that we know who loves us. And when we have that aspect of faith in our life, it leads to something called worship. And please, don't have the narrow view of worship. Don't think it's the sacred 60 or 65 or sometimes 70 within the four walls of a church. Worship is when we do whatever we do, right? That's why when we talk about worship, it really is a walk with God. It's a walk with God. And that walk with God doesn't just happen in a church building. It happens in your homes, in your workplace, wherever you go. Because that walk with God leads to a lifestyle. It's how we do our 24-7. It's what we do with our calendars. That's what happens when all of this starts flowing. We start living this lifestyle, and then that lifestyle will lead to a future. A future that is certain. A future that we can hold on tightly to. A future that even though on this earth sometimes is a little tenuous, we know there's a place in heaven. We know, as the Bible tells us, it's going to be beautiful, it's going to be glorious, no more tears, no more aches, no more pain. It is absolutely wonderful. We know that is in our future. And yet, we have this tension. And it's those words I've shared already. The words already and not yet. Let me uh, go through a couple things here. Maybe, maybe you've been here. Maybe you know of somebody. Uh, where all of a sudden you find out that you're going to get an inheritance. And it could be financial, right? And you, and you already know it, but it's not yet yours. And so you live this life, and you're just kind of anticipating something, and it's not yet quite there. Another example would be a couple. Uh, they get engaged, and they have this wedding date that's like over here. And so you just start... I mean, I remember when Kristen and I got engaged. Oh my goodness, it was wonderful. It was beautiful. And yet, we were not yet married. I love the way that the Jewish faith recognizes engagement. It's not just a, well, just this is a trial period to see if you can make it. Actually, engagement is just like marriage, but not yet. Understand that tension. It's all the promises. It's everything that's wrapped up into it. And yet, not yet. And so if you see, like, Orthodox Jewish people, when they do the engagement and they get to the marriage, it is a, um, a, really a feast and a festival 
for days. They celebrate because it's finally here. And maybe you've experienced it. Or how about this one? A couple gets married after a little bit. They get, you know, they get pregnant. And then they have to wait nine long months, right? And then after you start, you know, experiencing the joy of the, the birth, then you get to the terrible twos. Then you get to the high school years. And you kind of think about this idea, there's going to be a day that they're going to grow up. <laughs> and you want it to be already, but it's not yet. And it just keeps going. Or here's one that's really tender, and maybe, maybe you can relate to this one. A loved one dies. And you're at the funeral or celebration of life, and a pastor says something like this. There is a grand reunion that awaits those who believe in Jesus. Your loved one is in heaven, but we could be assured that when we take our last breath because of faith in Jesus, there will be a day when we will be with them again. And you feel that tension. The already and not yet. I still think about my parents. I think about them when we have communion. I've said this before, maybe you were here or not here. But communion connects us with those who are up in heaven. We are communing with Jesus. My parents are communing with Jesus. And at that moment, there is a connection that is so powerful, so beautiful. And yet, we're not quite in heaven. So, the character of Abraham. Randy read the scriptures for us, and I just think about this individual, you know, Abraham. He's in a list of lots of others, right? Uh, we, we talked about Abel and Enoch and Noah, and now we're going to talk about Abraham. Each of them had a faith in God that just kept them going, even though they were in the already and not yet. And here's the, the three dynamics as I see in Abraham. The first one, Abraham followed God even though the path wasn't completely clear. Yes, yes, I'm going to give you a land that you do not yet know. I'm going to give this to you. It's already yours, but you don't have it yet. Or expected God to do great things even when it seemed impossible. Look at the stars in the sky. Your descendants are going to be more than that. That's already, but it's not yet. Because they were already old, they didn't have any kids, how is this going to happen? And then thirdly, boldly was willing to trust God even with the most difficult situation. Uh, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac, I want you to take him out, I want you to sacrifice him. And as the writer to the Hebrews says, Abraham believed that, yeah, God is asking me to do this, but he's got a greater plan. So Abraham, as he was navigating through all of these very interesting times, he knew there was an already and yet not yet thing. Already and not yet. You can put that next slide up. Already, not yet. And if you've noticed, I put a dot, dot, dot every single time. And let me tell you what you could fill it in with, right? I'll tell you what I fill it in with. When I live in the already and not yet, I fill it in with anxiety, anxiousness, nervousness, 
I know some people that when they live in the already and not yet, they feel depressed. They feel like, how can we ever get through this? This is more than I can bear. And there's so many other things we could fill in that space with. So I'm going to tell you very pointedly, there's only one thing to fill in the already and not yet. So if you're sitting here today, and yes, you know the already, you know what God has said, but you're, you're really struggling with the not yet. There is only one thing that to fill it in with, and it's faith in God. Faith in the one true God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Faith in the one true God, Father, who created the heavens and the earth. The Son, who is the Savior of the world, who came to this earth as a babe of Bethlehem, and then lived a perfect life. But then, as we're going to remember in the Lenten season, he willingly became a servant to lay down his life for you and for me so we can have life forever so that our not yet will be fulfilled. And then the Holy Spirit, that third part of the Trinity that we don't talk a lot about, but let me tell you, it's just as much a part of God as the other two. It's the one who brings us into faith, and that Holy Spirit is the one who keeps us in the one true faith. It's that Holy Spirit that when you're in between the already and the not yet, that says, hold on. God is faithful. Hold on. God is certain. Even though you don't know how it's going to unfold, God is faithful. I bumped into um, kind of the, what I call the tension points in the Christian church, and it's these five points about the already and not yet. So if I can have that up on the screen. So just take a look at this. We are already adopted in Christ. We are already redeemed in Christ. We're already sanctified in Christ. We're already saved in Christ. We're already raised with Christ. That is a done, signed, sealed, and delivered truth. Because of what Jesus did and who he is, these are yours, absolutely. But then you look at the other verses, because we're still, we still have this flesh on, right? We still live in an imperfect world called earth. And we have these imperfect bodies that, yes, God created, but because of sin, it's been distorted and perverted. So we live in this in-between place that says, okay, God, I know what you said. I know that I am adopted, redeemed, sanctified, saved, and raised. I know that because that's what your word says, but sometimes I just don't feel it. So we need, we need God and his word, we need God and his spirit, we need God to keep prompting us and telling us, yeah, it's going to be okay. I know you're struggling with the already not yet, but it's going to be okay. You know, I was thinking about of all the characters in the Bible, especially in New Testament, maybe, maybe Peter understood it, Right? I love the way the Chosen is grabbing hold of it in season four. I won't do any uh, spoiler thing with you. But as you watch Peter in the first three seasons, he kind of knows it's already, but it's not yet. And it just gets more intense after Jesus, after Jesus suffers and dies. After all that stuff takes place. Peter is feeling this tension even more. So when he's writing one of his letters, 
You could see that he, is, he knows he's right here right now, but there is something to look forward to. Something that will move him from this earth into the glories of heaven. Something that will pick him up when he's feeling oppressed by the world. So I want you to understand that these words are written for you. These are words from God's word to encourage you between the already and the not yet. And I don't know what your in-between place is for you. We all have them. So here are these words from 1 Peter. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his grace, great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And now I just want to hold on to this, right? Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great ex expectation. Do you feel that? When I forget about Jesus Christ and his resurrection and what it means for us, I do not live with great expectation. I, I just don't. But when I do, when the Holy Spirit says, hey, Jim, I know you're going through a tough time. I know you're, you're dealing with some uncertainty. Don't forget what Jesus did. Don't forget his suffering, death, and resurrection. So that as you live your life on this earth, you live with a great expectation. Number, uh, verse 4. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. What a reminder, right? I'm going to say this world is beautiful, wonderful. You've probably seen some of the marks of creation, but it pales in comparison to what heaven's going to be like. So this treasured inheritance is kept up in heaven so that we have something to look forward to with the already and the not yet. And verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. Whether it was, you know, if we think about Noah, you know, we heard last week about Noah, or we think about Abraham and some of the things he had to navigate with, God kept protecting Abraham. And that same God from thousands of years ago is the same God who walks right alongside of you as you go through this already, not yet. And he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He says, I love you. We can hold on to that assurance that he will be with us as we journey throughout this world, whatever that means. If it's 70, 80, 90, 100 years on this earth, he will journey with us every step, every breath, wherever we go. And then, because of his faithfulness through his son, that beautiful, precious inheritance is ours because of Christ. So may God grant us all such a faith to hold on during the already and not yet and believe in a God who is so good. Amen. Please stand. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
see you gods be glory there will be mountains you won't move still i'll always be there for you how i do how i do still i'll always be there for you how i do how i do
It's ripping at the seams And the lies keep growing louder With chaos letting loose And the weight upon my shoulders Is too much for my soul Won't you help me to remember 